Welcome to Frame of Reference, informed, intelligent conversations about the issues and challenges facing everyone in today's world. In-depth interviews with Sauk County's leaders and professionals to help you expand and inform your frame of reference. Brought to you by the Max FM Digital Network. Now here's your host, Raul Labresh. Well, welcome to another edition of Frame of Reference, Sauk County's only, only I'm going out on a limb here because I don't know for sure. I don't listen to every podcast in the world. Lord knows there's thousands of them, maybe even millions by now. But I believe we are the only uh, podcast in Sauk County that talks specifically with uh, Sauk County's leaders and uh, business entrepreneurs. And uh, you name it, we try to talk to people that we can have interesting discussions with so that you can have interesting discussions after we're done. Uh, and I'm particularly excited today because whenever I, ever, whenever I have a new guest on the show, someone I haven't met before, it's like an opportunity to open a present at Christmas time. You know, you don't know what quite is in there, but you try Trust that the people that gave it to you knew something about what you like, and uh, they're going to get you something that you're going to enjoy, even if you hadn't thought about it before. Uh, And that's the case today, because my guest today is someone that actually my brother-in-law recommended that I get in touch with. And so far, my brother-in-law's taste in gifts is absolutely impeccable. So I had no reason to mistrust him now. Um, I am talking about the wonderful, the uh, and I know very little about her so far, but I'll tell you, um, so far, I'm so, so happy. Jane Hawley Stevens is sitting across from the table from me. And she is, I believe, founder, owner of Four Elements Herbs up in Baraboo, Wisconsin. Is that correct, Jane? That's right. Um, Yeah. Well, thank you, Rose, for having me here today. And thanks to Paul for the connection. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hate there once now. So (laughs) he's from Sheboygan and I'm from Milwaukee. So we get to use words like that. Yeah, he now. So, Jane, thanks so much. Thanks for coming. Welcome to Frame of Reference. I hope uh, you enjoy this as much as I think I'm going to. I I love speaking. This is my favorite thing is to sing the praises of herbs. Oh, it's wonderful. I'm in my happy place. Well, I think I sent you the preview of the show and what things happen with here uh with the show normally we start out with a thing called uh my favorite things and one of these days i'm gonna have to get the bmi ascap licensing to use julie andrews saying <laughs> singing that in the background when it's we start up yeah well you know and it would just kind of set the mood for it right um but the, you know this is sort of a rorschachian thing where you don't have to worry about you know what you say please no f-bombs you know we're trying to keep it family <laughs> friendly but uh in, in general just whatever comes to mind first thing off and uh some of the things i I know I gave you a preview, but I may go off the list, so That's be fun. prepared for that. Okay, so let's start out with easy ones. Um, favorite bird? Wow, well, at this time of year, it's a robin, but really, I do love the loon for their sound. Really? I love the far north woods, and the sound okay. of the loon is so mysterious, and sure. and I love the way they laugh all the time, oh. even when they're in cold water. <laughs> And they're the, happy loons. Yeah, they're laughing. Maybe that's where Looney came. You no, know, Looney comes from the moon. But you know, we we always like to think of the. Uh, I think um, loons always seem kind of lonely to me. Do you get that from them? I thought they were laughing. Really? Okay. Well, could be. You could be. I'm glad you take it that way. That's actually a very positive way to look at it. Um, how about a favorite color? Well, it's got to be green, right? Oh, oh I'm, yeah, I get. I would actually probably question. <laughs> you know, the photosynthesis. Plants, well, and, and but plants have a lot of different colors too, don't true. they? True, so. it's true, but it's all based around photosynthesis. Okay. Where in the presence of sunshine, plants turn carbon dioxide. 
um, and our carbon dioxide and sunlight and water into sugar and yeah. oxygen for us. It's like they, right. we were made to be together. I think they're almost like dogs. They give back much more than we give a lot of right. times. And how could you ever give? I mean, we were just talking about that with our dogs the other day, how uh, no matter how much love you give a dog, they just keep giving it right back in spades, right? That's so, true. Um, okay, how about a favorite thing to do when you have some time to yourself, when you can just relax? Well, I love writing, Okay, but I'm... I just love being active. So okay. it, in the winter, I think I went skiing every day this year because really? because we got four inches of snow almost every week. Sure. And this was my favorite winter for skiing, but I love bicycling and hiking. Okay. And I live in these beautiful Baraboo Bluffs surrounded right. by 9,000 acres of protected land. Oh, wow. So it's so wonderful to be able to go hiking. We live in such a beautiful county sure. here in Sauk County. Sure. So well, in a state in general, I mean, when you think of like yes. the Ice Age trail and all the things that that goes through uh just a phenomenal we we don't i think realize a lot of the time how blessed we are to live in those kinds of geographical formations and uh, the the plethora of plants and and uh, vegetables and all the things that grow here wildly yes. um what about um do you have a favorite book or a favorite author someone that you'd like to well read pretty religiously well, actually, I do have a couple that I would mention. Okay. And um, so I've been studying gardening by the moon for just over 20 years. Okay. And I, somebody who's been meditating for decades as well. And there's this beautiful book, a series called Symphony of the Zodiac. Hmm. And what it does is offer you meditations for each full moon. Okay. And so it's so wonderful. It's like uh, each full moon has its own personality or energy that's hmm. opening up and you can kind of uh, sh polish up your virtues Boy. with whatever's happening that month. Hmm. And then along with that in my studies... Um, is there was um, a gentleman named Nicholas Culpepper, and he nice name, yeah, he was so. a one. He's a hero in the herb world. Okay, and uh, what he did was in the 1500s, all of the herb books were written in Latin, and why was that? It was so only the educated could dispense herbs just like the bible i mean that was the same kind of principle they used with that for years and years so yeah yeah so interesting you know he was so compassionate he translated it into english so sure. all the folk people could have their ah. just pick their wild herbs okay. and create their own okay. um you know remedies and things so um yeah so i love nicholas called pepper and i just completed a course in medical herbalism okay and um and astrology 101 because I needed just the bones to tie it all together. Sure, sure. So that that was one that I really liked. You know, I think it's going to be interesting in the years to come. I, I I've been a fan of sciences in a lot of different ways, and one of the things that has intrigued me a lot lately is quantum physics. And you know, when you when you really start to get into just the weirdness of quantum physics and how kind of a lot of the rules that we apply in everyday life kind of go out the window when you get down to the quantum level. I, I I wonder with things like this, you know, people have a, I think a tendency, some people have a tendency to think of when you 
start talking about the Zodiac or talking about anything that tends to get aligned with like the occult arts or whatnot. Um, that, that can be off-putting to some folks, but I, I, I can't help but wonder if quantum physics will start to reveal that, you know what, that stuff was actually very well based in things that people observed and tried to make sense of. And strangely enough, it kind of ties into what happens with, you know, spooky sciences as, uh, what was it? Einstein said it was spooky effects from a, you know, a distance kind of thing that he didn't understand it, but he knew it worked. It knew it happened, right? Right. So, yeah. And you You'll find that if you study these things, how really we're all part of that same hologram, like how everything, it's just like studying a puzzle and how things fit together. And while you were saying that, I was thinking, as you were saying, you know, when people would file this under the occult and think that it's odd, I was thinking, you know, to me, it's odd that humans don't treat humans right yeah that you know we live in a culture that doesn't respect the earth or no, even know feel a connection there right. and you know it's a different set of values and uh so you know they can think that's weird and i think it's really weird that people don't treat people right well yeah and you know and it's also always been strange i've talked with a lot of our egg producers too you know they they don't think of it in those terms but they're actually some of the best conservationists that are out there because they recommend they realize they respect the fact that they have to treat the land correctly or there are you know tremendous consequences to that um so you know you, when you frame it in uh, you know different terminology and all, all of a sudden it's like well yeah i guess i do believe in that or i guess i do you know grandma used to pick such and such and you know we uh, i'm gosh my mom used to do uh brown sugar and ivory soap poultices for us wow. you know which was something she picked up as a kid and you know there were certain kinds of wounds and you know boils and things that i'll i'll <laughs> That was, that worked, you know, so you it's can't amazing. argue with how things like that come into kind of the common understanding and folks pass it along through the generations. And, you know, I, the first time I told my wife about it, she's like, what? And I said, well, here, I'll, I'll show you. And we tried it and it, and it sure enough, it, you know, healed up something really quickly. Wow. So, but you know, yeah, I guess you have to know the right kind of wound for it too. <laughs> so how about a favorite, um, uh, favorite place to go when you need to just kind of de-stress or or uh, kind of you know get off and just think about other things well i do love our gardens we have um 130 acres up in the top of the baraboo bluff eight miles south of north freedom okay and that's wonderful but really i love going up north okay i was born um in Oconto, north of Green Bay. Oh, really? We used to go through Oconto all the time heading up to my grandma's house because uh, dad was from Menominee, Michigan, and mom was from Marinette, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. So uh, the Menominee-Marinette football game, always big. It's a big deal. Big to do, big. You know, <laughs> if Menominee won, it was, you know, dad, brought, you know, pranced around like a peacock. And, <laughs> and if they lost, he hid the paper, you know. <laughs> it's just That's so. cute. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I just feel such a a warm spot and i feel really great about the north woods there's sure. just something so peaceful and vast about it right yeah yeah i know we've uh we've talked before with uh like charlie luthan uh, who's a wonderful conservationist and um you know he just talks about the healing effect of being out in nature and and, and uh just becoming more sensitive to how, what the things that that awakens in us right um and you know when you talk to people about you know just go out and take a nice long walk especially in the the midst of the covid stuff going on i mean i can't tell you how many times 
times I've thought if I didn't have my dogs to walk on a nightly basis, um, and you know, they're good. I walk them separately. So they're good for a couple miles each, you know? So, um, and so not only is that healthy, but in a physical, physical way, but you know, so healthier and just your mindset of, you know, just being away from all the technology and all the other stuff for a while and thinking, um, nice. how about, um, do you have a, um, uh, a favorite source of inspiration? And we've talked about Mr. Culpepper, but is there a place that you go to when you need to be refreshed? Um, I, you know, and I, I think of like favorite quotes with, you know, we were talking about that beforehand. Um, if there's something like that, that just kind of, every time you think of it, it makes you kind of perk up. Well, you know, that was a great, you have, you have great questions, by the way, <laughs> Thank Raul. you. Thank yeah, you. and so, um, you know, this is a place that everyone can go to when they need some comfort. And if you just get quiet and go inside and find that place where you feel love, sure, man, just everything changes. And I've d- adopted a philosophy that when I have to make a difficult conversation, as long as I'm mindful enough to do this first yeah, is you've yeah. just all you have to do is set the dial to that place in your heart and everything flows so smoothly it's like a magic wand we all have sure sure so, well, and, and you you've touched on it before with the whole idea of um you know treating people with more respect more kindness you know how much more of that would happen if we would you know connect with that part of our brains that helps us do that you know the uh you know there's so many classes and things like you know before you say something out of the you know reptile brain, you know, the amygdala (laughs) that, you know, is based on fear or, you know, anger of some sort, fight or flight, right? Um, Before you do that, count, you know, up to 250, whatever you need for a number, (laughs) do math in your head, try to remember the seven dwarves names, you know, I mean, there are people that teach those techniques and it's just like, you know what, Uh, deep breathing is not a bad idea. Just giving yourself the space to take the space that you need to Right. Do the, do the right thing. Um, what about, I, I like to use this as sort of a segue question into the, the other discussions that we'll have. Um, do you have a, a favorite memory from childhood? Is there something that you, whenever you think of it, it just kind of makes you smile or makes you go, Oh gosh, I, I still have to learn that lesson better, you know, whatever. Right. So that is an easy one because okay. it was when I was just, I must have been five or three. You know, I was really small. Really? You remember that far Well, it couldn't have been me, probably not three, but I remember I was so little. But the memory was that my grandmother took me out picking blueberries. Mm-hmm. And my mother was an RN in the 50s and 60s, so it was the white starch and, sure. you know, everything was clean. She did a great job of keeping our house clean and, like, our... Uh, clothes ironed and all of that. Sure. Um, but my grandmother was the Northwoods woman. Okay. And so I remember her taking us out to pick blueberries and I felt my whole soul like explode with joy. And when I was 18 and had to pick a career, it was that memory that helped me decide that I should have a career outdoors because oh. that's where I was happiest. Almost like she passed her own passion onto you through through walking along with a, a like soul. You know, I think, think of know, them as kindred great. spirits. There were and too the, many grandchildren for me to get that much one on one with right, her. Right. But I, that's awesome thought to take. 
take home with me. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm, you know, we try to impart as much joy as we can because Lord knows the world needs it right now. That's true. So, so uh, the big thing segment is the next chunk we move into here. Um, and uh, basically, I, I think I, I like to start that by just kind of getting a story of you. How did you, you, you know, you've talked a little bit about your grandma and how that really influenced even your college decisions, right? Um, so take us back to that. You, you're going to college, it must be like the eighties, somewhere, maybe seventies, somewhere in there, right? Yeah. Uh, college communities were a bit different than they are now. Um, uh, but you know, they're, they're, where, where did you end up going to school? Where, where were you? Um, so I went to UW Madison because okay. they had a horticulture program okay. there. And I wanted to have a degree that was respected because I, I kind of felt like, um, you know, you'd make, make better connections sure. at a larger college. Maybe and, make more money. You know, that's well, no, you don't go into horticulture to make money. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. Even though it's highly valuable skills, we yeah. both know that. Like yeah. it only took my husband and I, who's also has a horticulture degree, David, um, like we just thought like, I don't know, not that many years ago, like, oh, shoot, we forgot about the money-making part. Right, right. <laughs> well, that's like social working, you know, or, or teaching. You know, oftentimes there are jobs that, boy, when you look at a starting teacher's salary, it's like, why does anyone choose that as a career? Oh, you know, so yeah. it, it comes, you have angels. to love children. You know, you have oh. to love the idea of education, right? And you obviously loved herbs and, and all the things that are involved in horticulture, which explain, and I'm just being dense because I'm sure there are other people out there dense. What what separates horticulture from any other, like agriculture in general? Oh, so, my definition okay. is that in horticulture, you touch every plant. Ah, But okay. um, agronomy is field crops. So that would be corn, soy, um, okay. alfalfa, and things like that. Okay. But um, with horticulture, you're touching every plant. Really. Okay, so you're really much more broad spectrum, ultimately, in terms of the chlorophyll. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, it's flowering things, it's edible things, okay. it's um, other plants of uses, and okay. uh, yeah, more intensive, for sure. Okay. And there are things that you can eat. I mean, blueberries would fall under that classification, would they not? Horticulture. Yeah. 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 So um, it's just maybe not as uh, industrialized, I guess I'm thinking of it. Right. Or, you know, it's not a monocrop and it's not okay. i mean it's just not monocrop no okay you know and you're not doing fields and fields well people do orchards i guess of blueberries and whatnot. still they're touching every tree every yeah, year yeah exactly they? they do so you got me there yeah. um so okay so so you get the, the degree in horticulture right that's a four-year program i'm yes. assuming right mm -hmm. um and you get done with college and what happens well one of my best couple of my few lucky break well one of my lucky breaks happened <laughs> and um that was um i got hired it was at a research facility outside madison okay. and my boss chris hopka he still has a nursery um drumlin nursery uh, in deerfield okay anyway he was my boss and he asked me to put in an herb garden uh -huh. and that i mean and that, that was, was arduous for you wasn't it you were just oh god not another herb garden you didn't i bet you didn't say that <laughs> no okay. it was so exciting in fact um you know by i didn't have any experience with herbs but sure. i remember going in the stacks of the steenbach library and looking for old old uh like designs of herb gardens. And okay. I, you know, picked some out and drew a few and brought them to him. And so I put in that herb garden. And um, so that was my first step into herbalism. Okay. And so then first, though, I started just uh, 
learning about how to grow the plants and what their culture was. In other words, uh, do they like it wet, dry? Do they go upright or crawl along the ground or what, okay. you know, all those nuances. Okay. And then, uh, from that, I, uh, started using them for cooking and then crafts. Okay. And then when my son was born, um, I tried to use, I just thought very curiously, well, you know, the pioneers and the native people, they always use plants for healing. Right. Maybe I'll just give it a try. Sure. So my son had these earaches and, uh, when kids teeth, they're, they drool and that moisture right. gets into their ears and it causes earaches. And I just picked up my herb books and looked through them and it said mullen flowers and olive oil. Hmm. And I thought, that is bizarre. That is so simple. How could that possibly <laughs> do anything? What? And no. but sure enough, I mean, I, there was mullen blooming, so I went out back and just heated it in the olive oil. Okay. And uh, two, um, just two drops later, that was it. He was there was no more crying or anything. It was just amazing. So there became a new path for me was was learning these wonderful uses of the plants. Sure, sure. All the things that have maybe been forgotten in some circles or a lot of circles. Because um, when you think about it in the old days, you know, especially pioneer days, they couldn't run down to, you know, Dean Care right. and get things taken care of. They had to come up with, you know, that, that information, that, that uh, skill set had to be passed on, right? Um, folks, my guest today on Frame of Reference is Jane Hawley Stevens. Uh, we're talking about horticulture and herbs and healing and uh, all kinds of things that I, I hope we have listeners out there that are going, oh, this is exactly what I need to listen to. Um, because I know I'm going to learn a lot today, and I expect that everyone out there will learn some things too. We're going to take a quick break here on Frame of Reference to hear a word from our sponsors. Don't go anywhere here on 99.7 Max FM's digital network. Here's something important you need to know about McFarland's at 780 Carolina Street in Sauk City. From our power equipment, farm, parts, and service departments, we're always rolling. From our biggest farm equipment to your home tractor, we'll take good care of you from sales to service, no matter what the size. McFarland's, one block south of Highway 12 at 780 Carolina Street, where service is a family tradition. And we're back here on Frame of Reference, uh, Sauk County's best show. I'll, I'll say that. I can safely say we're the best show, darn it. Uh, if you want to meet uh, the, the movers and shakers of Sauk County and beyond. Uh, so my guest today is the wonderful Jane Holly Stevens, who is uh, owner and co-founder of the Four Elements Herbs. Uh, uh, they have a wonderful website if you're interested. Um, fourelementsherbs.com is that right? fourelementsherbals.com herbals.com. Okay, um, and um, it's just a wonderful resource for all kinds of information. But Jane, we were talking in the first half about um, how you kind of came into not only horticultural professionally, but then how that kind of blossomed, <laughs> blossomed into something else uh, altogether, or, or at least was a natural extension probably of the information you'd learned in school. Um, we missed a part in there somewhere. Now, you mentioned having a son, but there must have been someone that helped with that <laughs> yeah. process, right? So how did you meet your husband? Well, David um, David and I actually met at the Dallas Arboretum. Really? Yeah. So, um, and now David is a curator of the Longnecker Gardens at the Arboretum at UW. Wow. So, okay. Yeah, he's That's really wonderful. wonderful in public gardens. So, okay. yeah. 
so that's a really a great situation. So he took another path, basically, from that horticultural background to become more of a educational setting? Is or well, how does no, that... he does a lot of horticulture there. He's touching okay. all those trees. Okay, well, okay. Yeah. So, and there's a, a wonderful of... series of plants there, too. I mean, aren't there different, almost habitats, if you will, in the Definitely. Arboretum? Yeah. The pinetum okay. and the uh, lilac collection. And, okay. Yeah, it's beautiful. Okay. So lots of things to tend for, lots of plants to love and yeah. keep on loving. Um, so then w- was he instrumental as well then in helping to start Four Elements? How did that all come about? Well, actually, I had Four Elements was kind of developed before I met him, but but he has helped me so much. It's just amazing that he can work full time and then come home and still work full time okay. <laughs> uh, in the summer in these long days. There's never a dull moment. Well, and I saw, I looked at the website to see uh, some of the information and it said in 1987, you began Four Elements. That's a year after I was married and we're coming up on 34 uh, 35 years this coming August. So you've been doing this for a while. I mean, you've, right. you've had some ups and downs, I would think, and some uh, moments of, my God, what was I thinking to, oh, this was the most wonderful job in the world, right? Uh, yeah, that's, it's real life. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> like I, try, real life. I try and calls them like I sees them, you know, it's just, uh, <laughs> and anyone that says that ain't the way it is, I'm like, oh boy, have you got a life and I wish I had. Uh, so, but what's that old thing? I be careful that you, uh, uh what you end up doing or that, uh, what if you, you wish for. You're, yeah. Well, and if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life, right? Oh, that, that yeah. understanding too. And I always thought, boy, that's a great place to be, isn't it? So, but you, so you continued to grow after you. You first found that one cure for your son for ear aches, which mull, what did she say? It, it was a uh, mullen flowers and olive oil. Okay. And by the way, Raul, I just want to tell you and your listeners that, um, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I want to make it super clear. Okay. I'm, I consider myself like a folk herbalist, somebody who knows and loves nature and, but I am not a doctor, so sure. I can't claim to treat, mitigate, or cure any diseases. So, um, you know, that puts me, uh, well, that's legal. Like okay. if I cross those lines, it is not legal. Sure. And, uh, so I really try to honor those lines, but still I like to share information in a way. Uh, and sometimes I have to dance around words. So I just want your listeners sure. to know that sure. I might be doing a little waltz around what I'm trying to say. Sure. Well, and I think it's important to set that, that stage, if you will. Uh, I have a theater background, so everything, the world is a stage, you know, as far as I'm concerned. But, um, no, I mean, that you have that understanding that what we're talking about are examples, anecdotes of things that have happened in your life. And that's not to say, you know, prescription or, you know, if you go out this, you'll have exactly the same experience right. or any of that. Um, because there is a, a, a incredible amount of complexity to all of this, you know, in terms of, um, you know, who knows the, the, the things that you're utilizing, if they'll have the same importance or the same chemical exact you know combination of things that you know you can't you can't necessarily control all those aspects right which they try to do but still so if precisely. you eat a carrot from here or a carrot from there right. you're still going to help your eyes right. it should still feel and taste like a carrot right right so unless is, are there purple carrots that taste differently is that they uh, still taste like a carrot okay so they're all roots when it comes right down to it so that's right or tubers right Isn't roots they're roots okay they're roots. a tuber is more like a um, potato. Oh, okay, okay. So, see, I already learned. I 
My wife would be going, you idiot. That's just uh, not a tuber. Well, at least you uh, put in your, yourself in a place to learn. Well, right? you know, that's I, I'm always a in a place to learn, let me yep, tell you. Life, so living. that's, uh, well, and I, I'm always going, oh, gosh, I didn't know that. Or uh, you open your mouth on that one. So, okay, so you, you've begun to develop this understanding of things. Are there, I would assume that's, that's kind of a cool story for an initiation, but then were there other things that happened along the line that you said, boy, I'm really on to something. This really is, I really enjoy this and I want to pass this information on to other people. Well, um, um, so the evolution was pretty interesting. Okay. Um, the way it worked was, it, you know, so I started my herb. It, actually, I was going to first just uh, grow herb transplants and sell those. Okay. Well, that that job lasts about two months out of a year. <laughs> so that wasn't too lucrative. Um, but nature had my back. So mm. uh, what happened was... Um, certified organic became a thing. Okay. And I thought, well, I should be that. But I was a UW Hort grad. So I used, you know, chemical fertilizers that was in my toolbox. Okay. That was the only thing I used that was chemical and wouldn't be considered okay, um, with being certified organic. So I just yeah. dropped the fertilizers, but that was 1981 or before that. No, no, I'm sorry, not 81. 91 or 89, okay. somewhere okay. in there. Okay. Uh, so then I quit using that fertilizer. But in the meantime, I had signed up for several herb events to be selling my plants. Okay. And I was used to them turning over, be a sellable size every six weeks. Okay. Suddenly I had nothing to sell. So I thought I better put something in my booth. And I found a little recipe for a rose comfrey cream okay. and lip balm and soaps. And so I made a few herbal things and I put them in my booth. And lo and behold, people were way more interested in my products than my herbs. Sure. Sure. And then I saw, well. Well, it's ready made, right? That that uh, takes care of that whole immediate gratification principle, <laughs> right? I can have my hamburger right now. I don't have to go home and grill it, right? That's so, it. Yeah. It was so so beautiful for me to offer. I felt like nature offered me that job sure. by making that commitment. Sure. Well, and you had the knowledge ahead of time. It's interesting how we get prepped for things that you already had some experience with it being used in a medicinal way or a curative way, right? So now you get that stepping stone into that and think, well, you know, I wonder if there's other people out here that might enjoy this too or be utilize this, right? Yeah. So, okay. So, and were the, there were particular salves and things that you were, you found did better than others right away or was it all equally embraced? Uh, yeah, it was pretty shotgun approach okay. where, um, you know, like lavender soap, for okay. example. But I don't know if your listeners know that the root word of la lavender, lavendula, is to wash, as in lavatory. Okay. Well, so, you know, it has a bit of a, it definitely has a cleansing quality to it, and it smells so good. It's just a perfect thing. So sure. my little, my first recipes were pretty basic, and okay. I still carry a couple of those to this day, like the rose comfrey cream. I think you can find it here at McFarland's. We have a couple of things. I I, <laughs> I I would be remiss if I didn't say there's a few things you can get here. Um, I sure would like to see more people come and get that because then we could expand that offering as well. You know, it's just uh, like you found, you know, there has to be lucrative, right, in order to really keep the bills <laughs> right. paid. So uh, were there, uh, you know, as you experimented with that, was it 
you think largely guided just by your own interests and things that your own perhaps ailments or things that you were feeling like, yeah, this sounds like something I could use in my diet or in my, you know, regimen or was it more uh, just I think, experimenting? I think it was what I felt like people could use. Okay. I feel pretty lucky when you ask that question because I have so few ailments. Okay. okay. You know, I think eating from the garden and eating organic helps maintain our health so much. Sure. And yeah. Well, you don't to, have to be a doctor to, you know, hear people just regulars spouting off about eat natural, stay out of that processed food. You know, it's just like, yeah, well, I've been off processed food for, you've been off it for quite a while, right? Right. Um, so do you find that uh, your, did your cooking kind of uh, mirror what was happening with the herbal, you know, the the more medicinal or curative things? Uh, well, our cooking is from the garden. You should, okay. I wish I could show everybody pictures of our all the food we can. And thankfully, David likes to do canning too. So he makes like 150 jars of salsa, really beautiful salsa with his tomatoes and peppers. And he's picked up doing more of the things that I used to do, like maybe tomato soup or, but we have like pickles and jams and fruits and uh, tomato soup and tomatoes and blah, blah, blah. In his copious free time, he's doing all that, right? Right. How does he do it? (laughs) Well, I think my brother-in-law, actually, I mentioned earlier, um, he talked about some venison steak or something that you had prepared that he said was literally out of this world. He just- That would have been uh, David. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So David, David has the inside track on how to prepare rent your or present and prepare he doesn't do anything half good (laughs) (laughs) you hear that david i can't think of a better shout out from a wife than to have something like that said to you on the air so and uh and we have people listening all across the world so someone in moscow is going to hear that and somebody in uh, paris is going to hear that so you can take that to the bank now um so uh, you know jane i you know i'm I'm already thinking we're going to end up going into a two-part here, but let, let's talk about what are some of your favorite herbs and why are they your favorites? Are, you know, are there things that are so like globally used um, that, you know, everyone knows about them, but maybe doesn't know about what they can do or what, you know, the things that have happened. And then what are the odd ones that maybe no one has ever heard of? Yeah, I love that question. Of course. What's my favorite <laughs> herb? Um, What's your favorite thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, lemon balm, Melissa officinalis is okay. uh, such an amazing plant. And in fact, I was on a worldwide class that I was taking that medical astrology yesterday. Okay. And a woman was asking what to do about her, uh, the sores on her mouth. And I said, well, have you heard of lemon balm or Melissa? She goes, she was from Hungary. And she said, oh, Melissa grows all over around here. And as you said, the ones that are, and she did not know about that plant. She just knew like it was just for us, it would have been like, just some weed, you know. Okay. Right. Um, but that plant uh, is just really great because uh, some of the criteria which I consider super great are useful in many different ways, sure. easy to grow, and delicious as well. So are there chemical analyses that are done of these things then to say, well, this is why it does what it does? I mean, are you able to trace those things down? Is that a, a field yeah. now in horticulture? Oh, my gosh, that's a great question. Because when I first got into herbs in the late 80s, there was only a couple herb books out there. Okay. Uh, Jethro Claus, Back to Eden, and um, a couple by maybe Rosemary Gladstar or Susan Weed. 
And that was about it. Um, but um, since then, people have, you know, now there's like, you can get de- advanced degrees in ethnobotany where they studied the plants that people had used and all the constituents, uh, they can break them down and do double blind studies. And there's this wonderful website called um, American Botanical Council, ABC, okay. and they have a publication, Herbalgram, and there are... M- I don't know, thousands or millions of studies in, on their website that okay. can tell people, like, if you, if you hear two words together, like a disease and a plant, you can go to that American Botanical Council and just plug them in and see, get the data. I mean, okay. there's so much research now that makes the connections on how these things work. So, so yeah, that's, that we have now. And so lemon balm. So lemon balm is delicious. It grows abundantly here in Wisconsin. Um, it, uh, so it helps like before or after dinner. Okay. It helps, um, for like if your, uh, lips start not feeling good. Okay. And, uh, let's see, like if, like, so there are herbs that help when you're eating, uh, that help to just calm you down. And also, uh, so it would help with a digestion that was a little tight, maybe from not being relaxed enough while they're eating. Okay. But also it has a bit of a bitter constituent in it. And bitters are really getting back in uh, vogue now. Okay. Uh, so bitters are fabulous. Uh, before... Like the same bitters you put into like old fashions and it stuff? It can like? be. Okay. In fact, your brother-in-law, Paul, makes an awesome bitter. <laughs> he does indeed, folks. <laughs> I'm going to have to come out on the carpet and give him a shout out for that because if you want to have a great old fashioned, you got to get Paul Gabriel to make it for you because yeah. he's got, yeah, he does. He has his own brand that yep, he, he I have brews some. himself. I, I still have some. Oh my. So by, by taking bitters before you have a meal, uh, the bitter flavor goes into your mouth and that, uh, like, the way it's going to affect your taste buds sends a message into your brain that you're going to be eating soon. So then that hormone goes into your, the message goes into your gut and you start uh, secreting digestive juices. And it also helps with the gallbladder uh, and uh, getting ready to digest fat and all of these things. And it can be as complicated and delightful as Paul's bitters or as simple as going out in your yard and eating a dandelion leaf. Ah. Anything bitter, your body is going to... Cue up. Uh, yep, exactly. So it's like a Pavlovian dog's bell. Almost. <laughs> so, yeah, I like that. That's so, my new name for lemon bog, but is. not. And there you go. Uh, so, and, and again, I'm going to step back and be stupid for a second here. But when you, we talk about balms, because you know, I think of like the old hymn, there's a balm in Gilead, right? Um, going way back. So is a does a balm represent a particular construct of what you do with that herb? Is it like, are you talking a paste at that point when it becomes a balm or is it surely or certain just because it has a curative or a soothing quality to it? I'm sure the common name lemon balm comes from its soothing quality. Um, I like it too before I go to bed or if I'm having a hectic or stressful day, um, lemon balm would be my go-to. Okay. Yeah. So do you take it in a particular manner? Do you prepare it in a particular manner? There are some herbs that are better taken in a liquid extract because they're not tasty. Okay. But lemon balm is so delightful. Uh, 
in in an infusion. Okay. That I like it in tea best. Okay. So I, I have like three of my seven herbal teas are based on lemon balm. Okay. Um, after dinner fennel mint, triple lemon, and joy, love, and passion. Okay. All of those have lemon balm as their base. Some people complain about lemon balm because they said, "Oh, that one gets all over my garden," and I, and I say, "Excuse me, that's because you didn't harvest it in time." <laughs> lemon balm just can reseed, and most people don't harvest it as it's coming into seed, which is the proper time to harvest any herb or leaf portion, is just as it's coming into flower. So like dandelions would be the same way or not? Uh, Well, if you want the leaves to taste uh, sweeter, not really sweet, but less bitter, then you would get them before they flower. Uh, But it's a different... like we're talking about more leafy plants, okay, like lemon, balm, mint, sage, okay. thyme, all of those that you would harvest right as they're coming into flower. Okay, excellent. Um, are there, I was thinking of something when you were talking about that, um, with, with a, a lemon balm, I'm assuming it has a lemony taste to it, or is that just? Yeah, okay. that's so, delicious, lemony. Okay. Yeah, there's so many great lemon-scented herbs, uh, lemon balm, lemongrass, lemon verbena. Well, is, is that something you found as you studied? horticulture more i mean i always think of lemons lemons taste having to come from lemons right Right. so is that a a phenomenon that happens a lot in horticulture where different plants all together have the same taste or the same in fact the same constituents it's really fascinating like i was talking about um you know the lips and using lemon balm or melissa for that so this constituent, one of the active constituents uh, that actually helps with that condition is called rosmeric acid. Okay. And um, it has, lemon balm has more rosmeric acid than rosemary, but of course really? rosemary has it too. But that makes these, uh, it, it's a really potent constituent that can help with a lot of uh, conditions. Okay. And I would think a lot of that, I mean, doesn't medical science, what we consider Western medical science, the chemists there are not dumb people. I mean, they must look at some of this information, if not all of this information, and go, and like the dogs and Looney Tunes that figure out something after they, you know, they're doing the big jumble, um, realize that not only is there something to that physically, uh, you know, the physics of it or the chemical nature of it, but there's money to be made. <laughs> yeah. So, um, mo- I don't, I forgot the, the statistic, but I would, I'm going to just say like, for example, like 50% of the drugs on the, in the marketplace have some derivative from plants. I know that uh, it was a big deal in the eighties and nineties to send herbalists down into the uh, rainforest to see what um, medicine they were using down there. Okay. Um, but so many of our uh, drugs come with, um, from studying the pharm- pharmacology of plants, like okay. for example, aspirin, yeah, uh, from the willow okay. and val- valerian. Yeah, uh, aspirin was considered like a wonder drug back in wasn't it the nineteenth century when that first came online with people? Yeah, and they were using it for everything. I mean, right? It's such a great um, aspirin is such a great anti-inflammatory in that. Salicylic acid, as we were saying before, you right. find it in willow, but you can also find it in meadowsweet okay. and some other plants as well. Okay. 
Yeah, we're we're we are at actually like 40 minutes already for the show. So I'm going to take a, a quick break, folks, and we're going to wrap up this session. But don't go anywhere for the next week. OK, or if you do go some for the next week, remember next Thursday to tune in because we're going to continue this conversation and do a two parter here again to talk about some of the other benefits that uh that uh, my guest today, Jane, ha, uh, has seen Jane Stevens, who is with Four Elements. Uh, she's one of the co-founders and owner of that uh, wonderful organization in Baraboo. Um, but we're going to get, we've got a whole bunch more to talk about with classes that are offered up there and some of the, the specifics of that could that could be really helpful to you if you're able to take advantage of it. So don't go any work. I'll be right back with the closing thoughts for this week's episode. And come back next week, for goodness sakes, and hear the rest of this interview, okay? Take care and uh, don't, like I said, come right back here on 99.7 Max FM's digital network. There's never been a better time to support small businesses and save big with Max FM Big Deals. Discount certificates from the Max FM Big Deal store will save you up to 50% off retail every day of the week. Local restaurants and wineries, healthy living and spa services, gifts for the holidays, and a whole lot more. New deals are added weekly. Check it out now at MaxFMBigDeals.com. That's MaxFMBigDeals.com. Start shopping and start saving. I would think that one way you could describe Jane Stevens is as someone with a pretty good green thumb, a real natural and well-developed talent for growing anything green, the living sorts at least. That term green thumb is thought to have come from the early 1900s and alluded to the stained fingers of dedicated gardeners. But in Jane's case, it goes a whole lot deeper. Like, as in good nutrient-dense soil. She was exposed in her early years to thinking about plants in ways that interested her enough to make her want to dig deeper, unintended. So, she went to school and learned more about what was to become her lifelong passion. The desire to grow by digging deeper into the science and wonder of all things green until she got to the roots of things like what makes some things good for us and others not? And what exactly is it that determines good medicine? From my perspective, she developed a frame of reference that asks us to think about not only what constitutes medical value, but to also ask which is more important, how and what heals us, or just that we are healed. Something to think about before we conclude this discussion next week. Take care until then.